right. Here we go. Quiet. Quiet. And the Oscar goes to... You like me right now. You like me. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Fascinating to think that probably the only laugh that man will ever get in his life is by stripping off and showing his shortcomings. And the Oscar goes to... Jack Palance, City It's a clean sweep. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King... Hello, and welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we take a look at the latest movie news, the films of today, and we put them into context. Seated across the microphone from me is Film Buff Online Editor-in-Chief, Rich Dries. And seated across the microphone from me is Film Buff Online Contributing Editor and all-around enthusiastic human being, Natasha Bogutsky. It's the most wonderful <laughs> night of the year. Yeah. <laughs> With apologies to your husband and, you know, your wedding anniversary and stuff like oh, that. Oh, fuck that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Christmas beats my wedding anniversary. We both know that. That's true, yes. <laughs> um, but yes, it is Oscar night and yes! literally... Um, Ten minutes ago, uh, they said goodnight after we saw everything, everywhere, all at once. Kind of be the big giant monster of the evening and take taking home seven of the eleven nominations it had, and it c- it could only ever win ten. It wasn't going to completely <laughs> sweep because it was nominated for two different uh, performers yeah. in one of the in the best supporting actress category. Exactly. Yeah. So so it wasn't going to totally sweep. But I felt fairly confident going in that it was going to do pretty well. And it did. It didn't quite do as well as I had hoped because, I mean, it is one of my favorite films of the year. It is my favorite film Mm -hmm. of the year. And it was just fantastic uh, to see how excited these people were, how how much joy there was. Um, You know, this is a little movie that, you know, cost what? The little movie that could. Indeed. A24 (laughs) dropped what? 14 million on this? It was, I believe it was 14 million. I believe they shot it in 38 days, according to Stephanie. And and as we're recording this, I'm literally looking at the clock. It's 11.59, so I can quickly say this. One year ago, and one year and a day ago, on March 11th of 2022, Everything Everywhere All at Once premiered at south by southwest mm-hmm. what an amazing year for this movie i know i'm I, still messaging out about it yeah I, <laughs> I went back and i i mean this was the first movie we reviewed after our oscar show from last year <laughs> um we i think took two weeks off and then we'd seen this at a critic screening mm-hmm. and we were super enthusiastic about that um we said you know oh my gosh great great film our first i know i said first five star film of the year for me for you know keeping track on letterbox it was my first five star of the year and i think it might be my only one i think i gave tar and banshees both four and a half i think it Um, was the only one that got five one comment that you made that i was when i was listening back to it today you said you needed to watch more michelle yo movies and i said i could help you out with that and of course, Criterion, Criterion dropped that <laughs> yeah, big dropped collection. That, yeah, that big honking collection there, which is great. So, um, so yeah, so 
if you want to see more of Michelle Yeoh, get on that right away. But let's kind of um, go over the whole evening here, as we usually do on these uh, after after the after hours uh, after dark show here. First off, let's start with Jimmy Kimmel as a host. It was nice to have a host back. Thank God. Uh, yeah, it really helped move things along because the years that they were not doing it kind of sucked. Agreed. And some of his stuff was kind of like, I will admit, though, there was some of his stuff I thought was slightly and I, I wasn't offended. I just thought that some of his jokes were a little in poor taste, the, like Milani. The, yeah, doing the thing with Melania. The Robert, Robert Blake, Blake joke, was not good. No, 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 it just wasn't funny. No, there's pr- if he it was, admit, it was like if the a joke year... was funny, but still in bad taste. I would have laughed. I just kind of like Ugh. look. Okay, um, Seth MacFarlane's Abraham Lincoln joke several years ago was in poor taste and still fucking funny. It's brilliant. <laughs> last year uh, or the year before, someone made a joke about the last duel, and they're like, "We have a disc here of a movie that not no one has seen." Uh, so if you guys want to catch up on it, it's called The Last Duel. And I was like, the uh, not a good no. joke. It wasn't no. even fucking funny. It was no. a waste of a joke. Yeah. And this was the same. Yeah. Um, he started off kind of strong. I thought the, did, the monologue yes. was good. But the stuff he was kind of just dropping. And I was wondering, I'm wondering if like a lot of that was like, him going off stage and quickly huddling with the writers to come up with something come up quick. with something really quick, yeah, and then come back out and and it just wasn't working. Um, it needed better quality control. Um, dropping a comedy bit into like the third hour of the show, basically, you know, yeah. where he was kind of doing the the questions thing, kind of sucked. Um, I, I did enjoy the Jenny the donkey bit. Mm-hmm. That was cute. Uh the room tone joke was. Fucking hilarious, even though no one watching it who doesn't work in the industry would have got it. That's true. I said that. I, I said on, uh, like, I when I was, because I was doing oh, some tweeting uh, during the show, I said something along the lines of, that's a great joke that maybe 90% of the people who aren't in the room, in the theater, will not get this joke. And I think I may have been generous. I'm thinking more like 95 to 97% of the people in the world and who aren't, who weren't in the uh, auditorium would d- get that joke. No, 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 no. Joke. I think anyone who works in the industry, it doesn't have to be particularly in Hollywood. Oh yeah. But, but if they don't work in the film industry or if they don't work yeah, in well, podcasting, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, because I'm saying, right before we well, started, you went room tone and I went, after you got done, I went, thank you, Jimmy Kimmel. Well, I'm saying, no, what I'm saying, though, is that 97% of the people watching the Oscars aren't in the industry, so they're not going to get that joke. And I don't care. That's, that's you know, that's like the uh, the philosophy of Mystery Science Theater 3000, of not everybody's going to get every joke, uh, but everybody's going to get, you know, the right jokes are going to find the right people. And... If you were watching tonight and you got that joke, good on you. Um, if you didn't, well, sorry, it's it's a it's a technically thing. Yeah, I I like that he came out with a whole boom mic and the, uh, and the, the recording and, and the recording yeah. uh, units uh, in the bag and everything. <laughs> it was it, beautiful. Yeah, it was fun. Um, like he he went all in on that joke. Mm-hmm. Now we started off with the um the best supporting actor and actress category. Which combi- they combine the actor categories. Yeah. Hmm. Which which I think was a great way to kind of like because yeah th- these were both 
um, categories that people were very interested in because of uh, Ki Huang Kwan's long uh, run through the award season where they were just giving him everything. <laughs> yeah. And and he just kept being so, so effacing, so jubilant, so positive. And he never ran out he's of... He's been so he's, fucking delightful this he's, award yeah, season. Yeah, nev- he never ran out of anything inspiring to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I think midway through, I was kind of thinking, you know, dude, pace yourself on your cool stories that you tell when you get up there. <laughs> and he still had a wonderful one tonight about, you know, my my family's in town. They're all watching at home. You I know, was on I, a my, refugee. I, I spent a year in a camp. Like, and now I'm here. Dreams, you know, and, you know, talking about, you know, uh, dreams come true. A lot of the, a lot of the everything everywhere all at once people talked about dreams, holding on to your dreams. Uh, Michelle Yeoh made a point of it in her speech. The Daniels mentioned it at some point in one of their two speeches or three speeches, actually, for, you know, as writers, as directors and as producers on that film. Um, so so it, it's and, and the fact that that movie just is such a positive force, it's such a great mm-hmm wonderful story that it all carries through to how they've comported themselves through this award season it really just kind of you just can't like be like mad at this and if you are i don't know what to tell you except seek help it's it's such a beautiful beautiful freaking film um it's a film about family it's very profound and I'm sorry, it is not Fast and the Furious or Avatar level family. of we drop family every fucking five family. minutes. Speaking of, <laughs> I'm going to go off on a quick tangent. Okay. The Fast X trailer, when it dropped, I could have done a drinking game to how many times in two and a half minutes he says the word family. Yeah, but you and I would have been trashed of, by the end of it. Dead of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> But anyways, um, everything everywhere all at once is very good about presenting the idea to you without shoving your face in it. Mm -hmm. In fact, it shoves your face in dildo fights and hot dog (laughs) fingers and bagels before it throws family in your face. Oh, wow. (laughs) You are wound up. (laughs) Oh, I was I was wound up when I heard about the Top Gun winning sound. I know that was weird. Yeah, um, that was uh, yeah. We- may I say that joke? Go ahead. Okay, thank you. So when Top Gun won, uh, it was announced that they had actually recorded actual F eighteen fighter jets in order to create the sound for mm-hmm. the film, which for me is a little like your teacher saying it's okay for you to go to Wikipedia and plagiarize your term paper. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I, I would disagree because you're talking about mixing and editing. So you have to kind of work within the you, – you all sound people go out and record real-world sounds to create the, the sonic landscape. But I, yeah, I, I agree mean, with you. I mean, yeah, you were just taking a, a swipe at Top Gun, which, you know, can't, compl- <laughs> can't say I don't blame you. Um, I don't understand why it was nominated. It was a big crowd-pleasing movie. In one of the biggest movies of the year that got people to go back to the cinema. It doesn't mean it was good. I know. <laughs> I know that. I uh, Look, I'm positively meh on Top Gun, Maverick. And I was never I a big fan of the first one. I thought it was better than the first one. one. Well, <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit better than the first one. But overall, I, you know, there was a lot of stuff in there. I was just like, I'm not sure this is really working for me. 
but it worked for a lot of people. So, you know, kudos to them. Oh, what? I... Harrison Ford and uh, uh, and Key. Yes, you're you're kind of as we're talking, you're catching up on backstage photos from not the Oscars. Just, not just backstage photos. I'm I'm checking to see what other outlets are also posting as we're going along because <laughs> it is a big night and it's everywhere. True, but really, you should only be going to FilmBuffOnline.com for all of your. <laughs> Oscars. Hey, sometimes there are things that we at Film Buff Online miss, and if they can steal from us, then we can certainly steal from them. No one's stolen from us in a while. In a while? That doesn't mean they haven't done it. <laughs> oh, I have stories about emails I've had to send. But well, that's for another day. Another time. When the microphones are off. Um, but yeah, so so going into this, Everything Everywhere All at Once, 11 nominations, won seven. Um, how many did um, um, All Quiet on the Western Front have? I believe Ten nominations? It, I think it was nine nominations, and it won four awards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did win four. So it didn't go home empty-handed. And honestly, as I was looking at it, I was thinking it was the um, it would have been the big spoiler of the evening. It had that, you know option in a lot of the technical categories mm -hmm. it was competing in with everything everywhere all at once um i i was afraid that ea eaao didn't need the best picture win um i am going to uh bring up some past history uh of the oscars that is going to piss a lot of our listeners off star wars didn't need the fucking best picture award yeah, you're right. It, it 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 cemented its place in film history no matter what. Yes, it didn't need it. Whereas it went to a film, a little, little film that kind of needed it. And to be technical, if you look back at Annie Hall, it's one of the first films that kind of cements the idea of a, a, of a working, intelligent woman who doesn't need a man. About five to eight mm -hmm. years before Working uh, well, Girls even comes out. Yeah, well, I mean, that film was also a hit, not a Star Wars size hit. So it's not like it needed the, uh, the Academy Award. Since... I, well, I think it's been forgotten or not for talked about. Reasons. Yeah, for, yes. for, for but, unfortunate other reasons. But before that even came out, mm -hmm. it had still been forgotten yeah. about. And, and in the history of how movies portray women and where they reflect actual societal movement, it's still, you know, a movie that I'm sure people would point to and say, yes, Annie Hall is very important. I think it's As much as, like, Woman of the Year is from the 30s. Oh, yes. Um, EAO didn't need its Academy Award for Best Picture. I'm so glad that it did. But it's still nice. <laughs> oh, it's still nice. Oh, yeah. And, and honestly... But it's the next Star Wars. It, in tw 10, 15, 20, 30 years... I feel like this is the generational switch from millennials and Gen X into Gen Z, and you're seeing that this is where they are cementing their stamp on what filmmaking is and will forever be iconic because of it. Okay. I mean, I look forward to watching the next 20, 30, 40 years of films. Of course, <laughs> once I get to about 35 years from now, my facilities might not be all that working. But... um. Well, the, yesterday I came across a uh, a post that said prior to the Academy Awards uh, today, mm -hmm. the most awarded film in film history was Return of the King with 101 
uh, awards throughout the, the their awards. The season. award season, you know, and that includes like Guild Awards, mm-hmm. People's Choice. Correct. Golden Globe. And everything, everywhere, all at once beat them with 158 before the Academy Awards ever took place. Mm-hmm. EAAO is the most awarded film in film history. Mm-hmm. And it didn't need Best Picture. And I, well, no. It <laughs> but it's nice. But it's nice. Exactly. <laughs> but I have a feeling um, if it but, hadn't won, it would have gone to All Quiet on the Western Yeah, Yeah, Park. the way the preferential ballot works. Oh, yeah. I was a little bit nervous that something would happen with that those uh, mathematics and that mechanics and those ma- <laughs> those ma- math uh. anyways with the, how it works <laughs> and um and kind of be a spoiler there right at the end which would have been interesting um to say the least I think what's also interesting though is for you know also receiving multiple nominations tar Elvis, Babylon, and Banshees of Inishirin all went home empty-handed tonight. Which hurt me a little because Tar and Banshees, for me, were exceptional standout films. Oh, yeah. Uh... Babylon's a hot mess. I've watched Banshees four times in like the last three months. I loved it so much. Like I said, Babylon's a hot, hot mess, but it's a really well-made hot mess in terms of like production design, the music, the costumes and everything. So, you know, I thought it maybe had a chance for snatching like one of those out. Uh, Yeah, I honest to God, I thought Elvis was going to take costume design because... Mm -hmm. Baz Luhrmann and his wife don't play around when it comes to costume. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, uh, well, let's just kind of cut to the uh, the chase here. Then um, we filled out Oscar ballots uh, before before we started watching, and um, how many did you have altogether? I actually didn't count them up. Okay. Well, I had fifteen out of the twenty three oh, categories. Right on. You know, I missed uh, documentary shorts um, and animated short, too. Which... You kicked my ass this year. I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, really? Yeah, 12. Wow. Okay, because usually you are the one who is much better at this than I Because I... I always vote with my heart instead of my head. All of these movies are available now, and I think they're all really worthwhile seeing. Even Babylon, which is a hot mess, as I keep saying. I will say, though, in the nominations category, original score, one— should have been won by Babylon. Absolutely. I did listen to the scores because I have time at work. Shh, don't tell my boss. Um, so I got through all the songs. And I got through all the scores. Babylon should have definitely fucking won score. And I also think that Batman should have been included in said scores. Um, yeah. In cinematography. Yeah. You're welcome, Mr. Deacons. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He had he had words to say about that. Um. Well, let me let me ask you this then, though. Looking at the original score um, category, we have the five nominees were All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, Babylon, Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and the Fablemans. And the winner was, of course, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. But who would you have kicked out of that category to make room for for, for Batman? Score? Or yeah. Don't hate me. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Listening to the scores, I uh, that was the one I was actually the least impressed by. Okay. 
it, it didn't feel more like a score, but more of a sense of, uh, of sounds. It was more scoring. of a soundscape? Yeah, it was okay. more of a soundscape than an actual like full orchestration score. Um, and I, I don't have a problem with synthesized uh, music. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Hans Zimmer creates actually most of his scores through synth- synthesized and recorded sounds. It's, uh, and I think he is probably the uh, successor to John Williams. But yeah, I would have gotten rid of EAAO from that category. <laughs> he didn't win it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Any big surprises for you? Obviously, costume design I think was the big, uh, the big what the fuck for me. Okay, just because it didn't go to Elvis, and not just because of Elvis, but um, when you look at the costume design, yes, Black Panther is good at showing a lot of cultural. Uh, across the board from pulling from Aztec, Maya, different African cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I thought the first Black Panther showed that a lot more. Um, whereas Wakanda Forever showed a very limited amount of Wakanda and showed us more of the um, the Central American tribe a little bit more. Uh, which I'm okay with, but I still don't think that was enough. Elvis go- spans multiple decades and also influences are copied from real life with their own spin on it. Like they're using real footage, mm-hmm. they're recreating footage. Um, and then you look at Babylon, you look at the old Hollywood um, influences such as Anime Wong. For the one character, you're you're looking at uh, technically Clarbo is said to be the influence for Nelly Leroy, but they don't make Nelly Leroy look anything like her, True. and that's okay because at the end of the day, Babylon is supposed to be more inspired by that time period, kind of like how Bridgerton is inspired by Regency, not an actual copy and paste replica. It's not supposed to look like that time period which can have this um make it a little too masterpiece classic (laughs) okay it's supposed to show you the seediness the dirt the grit the underbelly Mm -hmm. of this society and how just the whole over-the-top glamour and the chaos of it is what draws you into it until you don't even realize who you are anymore. So it tell they tell a story. I think sometimes a little more than just showing the beauty of a culture. Sometimes that can be part of the story and sometimes it can't. I just don't think it worked here. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. It was an it was a cute little movie, but and the costumes were nice, but they are technically just replicating a Dior collection from the 1950s. Mm-hmm. I can do that by pulling things out of my closet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for me, the big, uh, the big kind of like shocker I was like was, I know this sounds weird. It's like in a technical category, production design. That um, All Quiet on the Western Front took that, and I was like, really over something as you know, expansive as Babylon um, or Avatar even, where you're designing 
literally everything that's on screen. You have to come up with all this plant life, all this underwater life. You have to come up with the huts that these, you know, certain the water tribe live in. And then you have to go, okay, well, what's in this hut? And then you have to figure out how they're how they build their tools, how they build things as simple as a cup and a bowl. And the amount of imagination that has to go into that. And I'm not saying it's just doing historical research for something like mm-hmm. All Quiet on the Western Front is is easier or it's cheating. It's a different t- type of discipline here. But, man, I mean, obviously Avatar was going to win visual effects. If you put your money anywhere else in that category, yeah. you're not a serious person. But I really thought it had a chance in production design just because it is creating an entire world right down to every tiny small detail like how do they wrap twine to become rope and things like that so that was a little that was a little um surprising to me that it, they didn't take it to be honest it should have gone hand in hand with visual not necessarily but um but I mean, for both reasons production design yeah. it, it feels like those two for avatar work hand in hand with each other oh yeah yeah they don't in all movies, but for Avatar, very, very much, much so. so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now we got to talk about this. What? Don't. Are you bringing the, up the memoriam? Yes. Which I <laughs> thought was pretty good. I mean, we were both shedding copious tears at certain points of it. So obviously, it was effective. Um, and I think I think having John Travolta introduce it. Oh, he did. And God bless him. You know, oh. he can be a bit of a goofball or whatever. At I just times. wanted to storm the stage and give him a hug. I exactly same here. I'm like, you know, because he was holding his shit together <laughs> remarkably well um, for having to introduce a segment uh, in a way that acknowledges the fact that a very good friend of his and you know somebody who's very important to his life yeah was in and that. his work as well yes. you know of course olivia newton john and um you know she and she's the first one there in the thing right up front um it was moving they they you know again they you know remember like production designers and special effects um people you know i saw greg Jean in there and that was somebody I've been aware of as just like a movie and sci-fi nerd forever, going all the way back to like high school and reading like Starlog magazine and all that stuff. And he was always somebody I thought would be an interesting interview, and I just never pursued it. And that just kind of reinforced that sometimes you really should just follow those things. Again, kind of the theme of this evening, you know, follow your dreams. Yes. Um yeah, so that kind of like bummed me out when I saw that. I was like, oh man. Um, um obviously Ruby is Hagrid, Robbie yeah. Coltrane. Mm-hmm. That one hurt me. That one hurt me pretty deeply. It was a big part of my childhood. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that I bawled the most about was not Ray Liotta or James Kahn. It was um the infamous new wave director Jean-Luc Godard, who I have been a huge fan of for several years. Um, <laughs> as soon as I got into new wave, I started with his 
first film, Breathless, and I went from there. Mm-hmm. And most of his work has just been so incredible to me that I actually have like a little photo at home. I've been meaning to put it in like a tiny little frame to put on my desk. And it actually has like t- the two characters from Breathless walking down the street. And over the t- it's all in red. And over the top, it says life isn't a Jean-Luc Goddard film <laughs> to kind of remind me that. You know, there's there's a reality, mm-hmm. and you can't just jump cut your way through life. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to travel between those play those scenes. You yeah, don't, you can't jump cut it. And uh, now I don't want to put it up because I think it'll just hurt too much. Right now, oh. it's just too raw. Yeah. That, yeah, we did lose. You know, we lost a number of greats this year, and I did like at the end. Of the the in memoriam segment, they said for a fuller list of you know you know talented people we have lost this past year, you know, and then they had something on their website. I mean, because yeah, if you did everybody, the the segment would be three times as long, and honestly, and the, people would be bitching even more about why is this going till midnight? Yes, exactly. I mean, this. What what time did it wrap up? It wrapped up about quarter. Eleven thirty. Oh, uh, was it eleven thirty? I thought it wrapped up about quarter of. Uh, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah, oh. it, it it went over the three hours as it always is going to. Yeah. It's not as long as like some of the monstrosities where it went four hours and fifteen minutes or something crazy like that a couple of times, but. I have eleven thirty four. Um, is when they announced Best Picture. Okay, yeah, because you were texting with your sister. Uh, my mom, and actually. You, and your mom, uh, yeah, your mom, who is not a fan of I would of the say movie. 11.40 uh, is when they actually wrapped it up. Yeah, probably. Yeah, right in there. So, yeah. So that's not bad. Three hours and 40 minutes. That's a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. And we started recording at like five of midnight. So it was nice to see James Hong sitting there next to Kate Blanchett with the mm-hmm. Google eyes on his, his bow tie. Bow tie. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was adorable. Um Hail to the bagel. I th- I, <laughs> I think I think overall though, it was a good ceremony. Um I think because all the winning uh all the winning people were from EEAAO that it was a, that kind of gave a, a positive energy to everything. Um, yes. Jimmy Kimmel had to make a couple jokes about what happened last year and they weren't great. Um, uh, I, I giggled. Eh, I, I think Chris Rock. Had, getting jiggy Chris with Rock, it line was okay. Pretty... <laughs> okay. Okay. Getting jiggy with the line was fun. Um, but I think you know. Last week, Chris Rock on his special oh, had the mic on it. Had his say, yeah. Drop the mic and let's all move on and move forward. But you know, it's Jimmy Kimmel. He's ultimately a talk show host. It's in his nature to run a joke into the ground. It was nice to see the revival of the Matt Damon feud. Yeah, I thought that had gone away, and then he he trotted that out, which was nice. How how funny would it have been if the guy in the uh, cocaine bear suit turned out to be Matt Damon? I would have pissed myself laughing. <laughs> I would have fallen over. And I yeah. would have been so fucking happy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it would have made that bit all the better. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was okay with Elizabeth uh, Banks doing that. And... Poor Elizabeth Banks. She had a cold, and I felt so bad for yeah, her. Yeah, her voice was... It was shot. Yeah. But... um. 
but yeah, overall though, I'd say this was one of the better Oscar uh I ceremonies. call this the Oscars of comebacks and dreamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I mean I I've been talking we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now off mic and just our daily life and I've been like, you know, the Brendan Fraser and the key story, they're both so inspiring. And Oscars loves a good a good narrative for their evening. And if you can't look at those two um those two people who were in Sino Man together. <laughs> who were in Sino Man. Poly Shore. Yeah, okay. That was yeah, a good Polly Shore joke was there also. Um if if you can't look at their stories though and know what kind of hardship they went through and to get back to where they are, you know, right now, which is probably walking into the Vanity Fair party and having a great time, because uh, it's it's like forty five minutes after the show has ended now. By the way, um, really quick, can I say Colin Farrell may have sat there all night and been a fucking trooper and not watched any his film win any awards. But his son sitting next to him is the cutest fucking thing in the goddamn <laughs> world. He's the most respectful, jubilous kid I've ever fucking seen on the Oscars. Yeah, he seemed to have a good time. And good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Whereas Brendan Fraser's boys in the back were just like, we've seen it, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brendan. I thought he was going to hyperventilate and fall mm. over. Yep. Boy, if only Warner Brothers had like a movie with... Brendan Fraser in it. That, uh, that, that joke, could, by the way, I'm they surprised could... they didn't cut to Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I know. Son of a bitch, don't make a joke like that mm-hmm. with the, the guy who, one of the guys in the film, who's probably really sore about that. Yeah, as well he should be. I mean, they were not done, and there was still reshoots to be done on that that they were getting ready to do. And the idea that, oh, it's not a big enough film it's not you know a world shattering superhero movie is precisely is precisely the reason why it should be made because you you can't be always telling the world is going to end if we don't save it sometimes you have a smaller story about a smaller superhero who's just trying to stop an arsonist and save some people the stakes you know don't have to be you know gigantic sometimes they can be smaller and and it's unfortunate that um, David Zasloff was an idiot because he could have had a movie getting ready to come out where they could say, hey, we have an Academy Award winner. winner here. Yeah. Good move, dum-dum. By um, the way, yes. I, I just want to throw out really quickly, Jamie Lee Curtis, Lady Hayden Guest, oh. as they know her <laughs> over in the UK, um, is a Hollywood legend. Nepo baby, as she is the first one to make that joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, daughter of Hollywood legends, Tony Curtis. Eh, what? Uh, Hollywood royalty. Oh, okay. Hollywood royalty. Yes. Um, Tony Curtis and Janet Lee mm-hmm. both were nominated for Academy Awards, but never won. And somewhere in heaven tonight, they got to look <laughs> down on their daughter standing on that stage, who said, "I just won an Academy Award." Yes. Her her speech was great because she's like, I, you know, I stand here, you know, not by myself. I'm here with all the people who helped, you know, make everything everywhere all at once. And I'm here with all the people who helped make every movie I've ever been in. You, you know, we have won an Academy Award. Yeah. I thought that was like very beautiful way to acknowledge 
Um, She's what her entire 64? career, something like that, and steps on that stage, and she can look back on her life and go, "I have done everything. I have been a scream queen. <laughs> I have been uh, in goofy comedies. I've been in serious dramas." And I have won an Academy Award. That's I have true. done everything. So, so I have if, not wasted a single moment of my life. So, if by going by her own thing, we have won an Academy Award, that means now um, Halloween. Mike Myers. I was gonna say Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd <laughs> have now won an Academy Award. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger has now won an Academy Award. Um, yes, the entire cast from uh, about five different. <laughs> Lindsay Halloween Lohan movies. has won an Academy. <laughs> Lindsay Award. Lohan has won an Academy Award. Yeah. Um, Richard Lewis has won an Academy Award. Ryan oh, Johnson's won. Ryan Johnson's won. Hey, there you go. Finally. <laughs> well, like. And I was saying this on uh, the other show that I Anna do. Anna Armas has won an Academy. Oh, my God. Those two are going to be partying at the after party. Oh God, I just yeah. realized that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as I was saying um, to uh, my co-host on Generation Movies, the other show that I do on Monday nights on Facebook, um, we did it a kind of like a quick spur of the moment Friday night uh, pre-Oscar show where I said, I don't think Ryan Johnson was going to win again this year in screenplay. He was nominated for uh, Knives Out. He was nominated for Glass Onion, and I go, but I think third time is going to be the charm for him because he's if he keeps up the the level of writing for the next uh, Benoit Blanc movie, he'll be nominated again, and then and then mm. he might win. I just realized that maybe at the Vanity Fair after party, Jamie Lee Curtis might walk up to Anna De Armas and say the words that I've kind of wanted her to say. You took my house, but I got an Oscar, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And, uh, and, and on, on that, that note, note <laughs> <laughs> we're going to wrap it up for this week. We'll be back next time with more news and reviews and trying to put it into some sort of context. Right here on the Big Picture Podcast.